Yo ho ho, it's time to go Back to the dungeon far below There's arriving time to die some dice Oh Grab some fun Yeah It's time for It's time for You know it's time for those crazy teachers in the dungeon Hello everybody and welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon I'm Tom Gross and joining me in the dungeon today, as always, is the better half of this podcast, Dan Ream. How you doing, Dan? Well, we were just talking a little bit frazzled. We just got back from presenting our summer camp ideas at a state conference for librarians. That was pretty yes. fun. But whenever you're gone from school for a day, <laughs> just you cannot... You got to hit the ground running and just you never make up the ground. Yeah, it's it is always tricky and there's there's always things on your desk when you get back mm-hmm. and the kids are still there working <laughs> when you're not there. So it's a vacation day, a, a professional development day, but it's double up the work day when you get back. So yes, yes, yes indeed. Well, we've got a uh, a fun show today. We've we have some preview books from Wizards of the Coast. Yes. From Penguin Random House that were uh, shared with us, uh, which we uh, truly appreciate. And we're going to talk about those two books that just recently came out. But first, I wanted to do a listener feedback email. Yeah. From our good friend, Dennis Keithley. Mm-hmm. Dennis is the co-host of the podcast Stardust, a Star Wars podcast with co-host Jay Krebs. And Jay, or, uh, Dennis has been a listener of Teachers in the Dungeon from the beginning, and he plays in my Spelljammer yeah. campaign. So uh, so we're glad to have the feedback from you, Dennis. And here is what Dennis had to say. I just finished listening to your episode about Baldur's Gate 3. I thought I'd send an email to share some of my experiences with it. Dennis goes on to say that he's played Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, plus their expansions, multiple times in the past, as well as Dragon Age 1 and 2. And he says that BG3 has them both beat. That's high praise right there. I've never played Dragon Age, but as we mentioned in our show with Jason and Jared, I've played the Baldur's Gate games as well. So that that makes me pretty excited. So Dennis goes on and says, I rolled up a high elf sorcerer. Uh, which, by the way, is what he plays, or he plays something like that in the Spelljammer uh, campaign. He plays an astral elf, but everybody's very got close. their favorite. Pardon? Everybody's got their favorite. That's right. Uh, and, and Dennis says, The thing that has me impressed the most is how well this game integrates spells. My criticism of spells in other RPG games is their limited ability, or yield, sorry, utility outside of combat. That isn't the case in Baldur's Gate 3. I used Mage Hand to pull a backpack out of a field of poisonous mushrooms. Smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've used a firebolt to hit a lever that I couldn't reach. Featherfall's been used to make jumps off of a few cliffs without taking damage. And he goes on to name a few others. But, you know, that that is a good point. I think about a lot of the games, even Skyrim that I play, and you just use the spells to do the, what the spell is intended to do. And not you're not able to do like right. creative things like this, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is really, really cool. And then Dennis concludes with the question that we asked. Will Baldur's Gate 3 replace tabletop experience? 
He says, no, not really. It's great to have the game mechanics from the books translated into a video game console, but it doesn't beat getting together with friends, creating your own role play, dialogue, and inside jokes. However, it makes a nice time to uh, it makes for a nice time kill. <laughs> Been playing for an hour here or there and having a great time. Oh, so very good. Thanks for that feedback, Dennis. You're just making me want to <laughs> buy a PlayStation Five <laughs> 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 more and more. So, but there's some other games out there right now. In, in addition to Baldur's Gate Three, um, there's a Minecraft Dungeons and Dragons game that's been recently released. Oh, okay. Um, I did a little bit of reading about it, and it does sound like it's it's adventure, but just in Minecraft. What I was trying to figure out, and maybe someone can share this with us through uh, gmail at teachersinthedungeon at gmail.com or give us some feedback on Twitter at Dungeon Teachers or perhaps on Instagram or Facebook, Teachers in the Dungeon. But what I was trying to figure out on the uh, the um, Dungeons and Dragons Minecraft game is if you still if you still do the creation part, like do you still mm. mine, do you still build, do you still do all that, or has that been removed for the sake of... The adventure. Right. I, I couldn't. I couldn't find anyone that was really talking about that. So, yeah. Nonetheless, I think that makes a good segue to our books today because I, I have a feeling the Minecraft would be aimed at a younger audience, and these books are as well. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that because <laughs> Minecraft appeals to me completely, one hundred percent. So I will take that compliment of youth, and uh, and and actually another compliment from that. Hello, we've got a cat in the studio. We do. <laughs> and she is not gonna let me relax until she gets to sit where she wants. <laughs> I love it. So the first book that we received is from. Sorry, I'm taking a picture of the cat in the studio because that just seems like the thing to do. Is the title of it is Dungeons and Dragons Places and Portals. It is a part of the Young Adventurers Guide books, which I've talked about quite a while ago on this show. I think it was a solo show for me where I reviewed some books, but we talked about or I talked about just how enjoyable these books are. Mm-hmm. And and if I were a middle school librarian or a middle school teacher, I would put this series in my library or my classroom with without a doubt. Yeah, uh, that's not in question. I have considered putting it in the high school library, but I feel in that space I want to invest in more uh, not challenging books, but more books that are suited towards playing the game and more history and things like that. So the Player's Handbook and Monster Mania, those mm-hmm. sit in our library. But this these young adventures guides are really cool. Again, intended for a younger audience, but I'm just going to say I've got all of them and I love pulling these off the shelf to just when I've got 15, 20 minutes to just I'm just waiting for something to happen. So I'm going to come home to, so I can go somewhere, waiting to take somebody to a practice or something like that. This is a good series to just pull off and kind of browse through and mm-hmm. read from here. But I want to get your thoughts on on places and portals, Dan. What what did what did you think of this book? The the phrase that I wrote at the top after I got done kind of taking notes on it was a it's a different way to explore D and D canon. Yeah, I. I liked the fact that it was. I, I thought I thought they did a really good job of uh, what I think they set out to do, which is making it accessible to a younger audience, taking the core concepts and presenting them in 
bite-sized narrative fashion rather than a bunch of tables and stats. Right. I, I liked that a lot. I thought that was very skillfully done. They made a point of saying you could read it straight through or you could just pick any section you want and just start. I thought that was a really, uh, really smart way to go. Um, I found myself pulled in just because their, their comments on, like, I really like the, the, the descriptive, like the, the geographic descriptions. You know, here are the cities of the Sword Coast and what makes each of them unique. Right. And, and I was pulled in there. I, I wanted to stop and just keep reading because even for, again, as adult players, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've got to admit, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not steeped in the lore. It's probably kind of a shameful admission for a D&D podcaster, but <laughs> I, uh, I am very much in the homebrew aspect. And so I've, I've had to learn more about the, uh, the, the actual Forgotten Realms. And so this was a really nice introduction to that. Yeah, I, I would mention that. I, so something I would mention just when you talked about being a, uh, a homebrew author and things like that, they, they talk about that at the back of this book. Mm-hmm. They go into building your world and questions on world building and mapping your world. And so the cartography, recording landmarks, scale. I, I mean, they've got all sorts of cool things in here for you know, students or even, like we said, adults who are looking at making their own world or, or thinking about that. They've got mm-hmm. the tools in here if you want to. I have to say, I when I picked this book up and I went to the table of contents, the the my I don't know my newest obsession with Dungeons and Dragons is Spelljammer. I just mm-hmm. I love I love that, and this book has that in it. And so I mean, it it does hint that places and portals. So on the table of contents, here are the different uh, places and portals that you could experience. You've got the Forgotten Realms, um, and traveling the realms, and then the Mirror Worlds which <laughs> sounds so cool, mm-hmm. um, which gives you a guide to the planes and travel between the planes and such. Then there's Spelljammer and then a realm of your own, and that's where they talk about building your own. So some things that really jump out at me in, in this book, as, they, as most of those books do, are the pictures are great. You know, mm-hmm. For that audience, great pictures are a necessity. It, it's what draws kids into these books. And, and really, and I remember from my own childhood, it, it's, it inspires the mind mm-hmm. when you look at this. So I, I'm, I'm looking at page 43, and it's called Which Way to Go? And they've got a full-page color picture next to it of what looks to be like a ranger kind of exploratory group sitting against the tree, like they're making a decision. I, I appreciate the artists are quite skilled, I think, in that they... The art is obviously accessible for this age group, but it is it doesn't seem like kid art. You know, oh, there's absolutely. a couple images in there that are, are, you know, kind of hint at the dark and the danger that mm-hmm. you can encounter as well. So yeah. I thought they really, you know, threaded the needle on that one. Absolutely. And, you know, they have other little tips uh, of things in here, like I'm looking at this section on foraging and hunting, and they give equipment 
It reminds me of that show we did a couple months ago on yeah. useful equipment to have, and here they have it, right? Here they have it here, and they and they talk about that. Um, there's another feature that, oh, yeah. So they have, I think it's at the end of chapters or end of sections, they have a section called Things to Note. And it starts by saying, here are some suggestions for the kinds of things to record while traveling that your character might find useful. And they give things like hazards and landmarks and magical spots and monsters and settlements and treasures. I'm not going to lie. I wish I'd had that list of things while we were playing Mm -hmm. in your adventures because there's so many times at the end, I'm like, I don't even know how to summarize this. (laughs) And these just bullet point items would be so helpful to just sort of reflect on the game and say, so did we come across hazards? What were they? What did we come across magical areas? Like I'm thinking about where the, the, I think you gave us an hourglass that we couldn't move or something. There was mm-hmm. some sort of sundial and we ended up destroying the sundial. Well, that was clearly a magical spot. <laughs> and I, and I, I don't know, maybe I should have recognized that, but nonetheless, it is, it's a super cool book and it's, it's smaller in nature uh, size wise. I, I haven't done the measurements, but what do you think? That's nine by six, something yeah, like that. Right. Yeah. It's a nine by six and it's hardcover. I'm going to, <laughs> you hear that tap on the hardcover, and uh, it's a sound of quality. It is. It is. And um, one it, other thing about the book that I, I appreciated yeah. was, and this goes to the authors. I think that it is a. It's obviously a guide for young players, but it is. I feel like it's presented as a guide for the adventurers. So you're you're reading it because you want to learn how to play the game, but the book sort of nudges you toward reading it as if you were your character. Yes. A lot of times. And I, I thought that was very, very well done. Cause that mm-hmm. would be a very subtle uh, way to kind of teach kids how to start role play. Correct. With that. Yeah. I was noticing, I, I'm glad you said that. Cause I did note that that language that speaks to you as your as you the character, not necessarily you the player. Mm-hmm. Speaking of writing, we I forgot to mention, of course, the authors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, someone writes these books. It's it's a nice group of authors. We've got uh, Stacy King and Jim Zub, and Jim Zub has done many of the other ones as well. And then uh, with Andrew Wheeler. So hats off to them. What a what a wonderfully created book that they've made uh, to to be a, a nice piece to that whole set. Um, I wish I had some of the titles in my mind of what the other ones are. There's some on monsters. There's um, like, ca- I think there's a castles or, and like hmm. layers uh, book. But this is a nice, <laughs> this is a nice uh, addition to that. I was just looking at the cover. <laughs> it's got a, some sort of like a dwarven wizard or sorcerer and he's running. It, out of a portal that appears to be opening up in like a library or something. <laughs> and he's being chased by some pterodactyl, I don't know what you would call that, Mesozoic dinosaur thing. <laughs> but it's just, it's kind of a comical, but at the same time, kind of scary. And he's carrying a book. He's got the book open. So that means he's a wizard for sure. <laughs> anyway, very cool book, Places and Portals. Like I said, it's it's a must book for if you have kids that love gaming and you're in a middle school or your children are of that age. This this whole series, but Places yeah, and Portals a, is really cool. A bookish, a bookish kid who 
maybe is on the fence about D&D, that would be a, oh. the perfect thing to give to them and say, just, yeah. just read it. Just read it. I love that. Yeah, I think you'd get sucked in immediately. I know I would have at that age. Yeah. And if they aren't, then you know. Yeah. You know that, that, that's, that D&D maybe isn't the game for them. And, and you know what? That's quite all right. Mm-hmm. We've got a feline trying to push a pencil off the table here. She's very She's, delicately. I've put yep, some just, I've put some videos on Instagram when you get dice in front of her. She just very yeah. calmly and gently pushes them around. <laughs> She's so content right now, mm. laying flat out on her side, <laughs> pushing a pencil around. All right, well, we have another book to talk about that was shared with us. It's titled Characters and Quests, a young adventurer's workbook for creating a hero and telling their tale, written by Sarah Sherb. What did you think of this one? I, this this book, when I got it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the template for my summer camp, like developing your character. Well, I was going to say, I think that would be a really nice reference. I mean, you've, you've got it sorted anyway, but a reference for maybe some tips and tricks for streamlining the process even yeah. more or making it even more engaging. Um, I I have to admit I have a bone to pick with this. Oh, okay. They they set up the the species that you can choose from. Okay. No tritons. Oh no! <laughs> I, I know devastated. that would be very upsetting I to was you. Devastated. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm looking at the page. It is a full page, however. But yes, there are plenty to choose from. Yes. And I did like. <laughs> once again, it goes you know kind of the streamlined simplification route and i did notice yeah. that that the when you choose and they say species rather than race now yep. which i think is smart mm-hmm. and species in class they give you little nudges as far as what kind of personality do you want your your character to have you know and just mm-hmm. quick little two-word descriptors yeah for example the turtle balance and patient the dragonborn dignity and loyalty a human, adaptability, and hope. I love that. That's so cool. And they have the Kenku in here. Mm-hmm. Cool. And if they had that, they should have tried I'm just saying. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Oh, and so yeah. I think that is a, a really, that, that boils it down and makes it not overwhelming. Makes it easy mm-hmm. to think about, I think, as a young player. Yeah, what do I want? And, and then an easy reference point. I right. think once you're, as you're building your character. Yeah, they do a nice job early on of of breaking down that character creation. They have tips in here on, in addition to the, the text that kind of describes what you're looking for. But they say your species, then your class. All, by the way, joined by images, uh, like a headshot of mm-hmm. the species. A headshot of what a, a monk or a warlock or a, a ranger might and look like. Did you notice, though, they used sort of a... A template with that where there's there's a very like they, they put the same face in a number of different garbs oh yeah i do see that so why do you think they did that just to hmm. there had to be a that i'm sure that was a, a definite choice yeah it's yeah so this is on the the uh, the page of of class yeah and i noticed the left hand side is more male gendered it appears and the right side is more female gendered but Pretty neutral if you choose not to go that route as well. Yeah, and I, I just thought, I, I mean, I guess to my mind, I wondered, is this a way to sort of subtly reinforce, take on the role? Uh-huh. 
if that's if that's yeah. what they were going with that. Take on the role, use your creativity, mm-hmm. go beyond what's what yeah. you see here. And One so, person yeah. could be anything. They're very yeah, exactly. Yes. So it goes on to then choosing your class and magical class, which is which is super helpful, and then choosing your martial class. Then they get to building the character sheet, which is this is a step by step. This is a step by see the when you said you had a bone to pick. I thought it was going to be, and I know I know some people that this would be their bone to pick, and there's no other way around it. But they're encouraging you to write in a book, right? <laughs> Correct. That is true. It, it is a workbook. Uh, it, yes, and that is that is how it is put together, like a mm-hmm. workbook. But man, I was like, I don't know that I want to write in this. This is so nice. <laughs> yeah. But I did um, notice they again the streamlining continues. When you choose your stats, they're ranked rather than rolled. You mm-hmm. just say choose what you think your your character is the best at. Place a yeah. one there, and then right. you know just kind of go from there. Um, but they, yeah, they do take through. They take you through, and it 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 reminds me a little bit of Baldur's Gate, a little bit of DCC, and a little bit of Limitless Adventures in the sense that they encourage you to create a, an adventuring party. Who are the sidekicks? Who are the other adventurers with your right character? And I was, in, I was thinking that's what I was kind of looking for. I was thinking that they ask, they even ask you to like, what what are they like? Yes. What yes. does your character think of your mm-hmm. your companions? Yes. Which ones I mean, are you close to? Which have you got beef with? Talk about a deep dive into yes. like your thought process of who your character is beyond him or herself. It's it's what do they think of others, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. I mean, you can say, oh, I don't like that guy, and I like this person, but but they the, but this book encourages you to go beyond just I like or I don't like. It's it's why and what did they do or what do they wear, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I was looking here. They've got and this is further back, but they they give you pages to consider and write on regarding your adventure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like mapping, mapping your adventure. Yeah. What, what are you doing or what do you do during downtime? All sorts of stuff. Oh, here's a cool, what is that called? That's a uh, Venn diagram. <laughs> thank you. I, I've been out of the classroom for a little while, but I should still <laughs> recognize what that is. You're still a little fried from Me, class. Well, today. okay. Thank you. I will accept that. The thing that, the, the thing that I thought was notable is that they ask you to get in the head of the big bad guy in there. They ask mm-hmm. you to see things from that individual's point of view. Yes. What made them like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives a lot of freedom. I, I suppose you could argue, oh, it's just going to devolve every time into, well, they're not really so bad after all, you know. But I think, no, it doesn't have to be. It can be. Yeah. But you have the freedom then. You have you can develop complex villains that maybe your your party would reason with. Right. But you can also decide, nope, not this time. Mm-hmm. This, pers- this, this creature is just bent on destruction and we got to stop them. Right. I like that it, it, to, to build on that, it, that it considers the idea that or it helps the players to consider that maybe not every bad person is something you just kill. Right. And right. and there's benefit in parlaying, and mm-hmm. there's benefit sometimes in walking away from a fight and things like that, uh, which you know we've heard from some guests and just conversation we've had with people in different places that 
you know, a criticism of Dungeons and Dragons sometimes is that it is just about killing things you don't like. And yeah, absolutely. In first, second edition, that's what it was about. It was mm-hmm. diving into dungeons and and just killing things to get stuff. But fifth edition and our modern Dungeons and Dragons is is so much more than that. And yeah. I, I love that this book walks young adventurers through that process to build their character and make them consider things beyond just you know I, the stats. See, I I, real, I I realize within myself there is a tendency when I see things that are different, you know, a, a different take from what I've got. There is sort of that gut reaction of that's not how I do it. Yeah, the game is like this, mm-hmm. and it's it's a good good chance to kind of check yourself and say that's the beauty of this game is it is what you want to make it to be. Right. And it's designed that way, you know? So mm-hmm. if you want to have, my daughter plays in a group where their favorite thing to do is, is just role play and be silly. Mm-hmm. And you know, that wouldn't be for me, but it works right. great for them. And exactly. it's a perfect format. You know, we've got others who really enjoy hack and slash that it can function for that as well. Right. Yeah, that chaotic party is rolls down that road <laughs> quite a bit. But the water deep party, you know, you guys do a lot of parlaying with with NPCs and even creatures. I'm like, oh man, I really meant for them to fight that. But okay, let's see what we can do with these rats in the sewers that you've befriended. Um, so here the so for to give you a flavor of of the book beyond what we've been saying, the contents uh, table of contents. I always like to read because. I always think that that gives us a a good gist of what this is about. So the first chapter is called This Is Your Story, An Introduction to Your Adventure. Your Adventure is is, uh, chapter number two, and it's subtitled Who Are You? Then chapter three is Your Adventuring Party, as you mentioned, Dan. No one adventures alone. I I, I think that's cool. I mean, mean, who who in real life wants Mm -hmm. to live life alone? So that's, I love that. Uh, then chapter four is the arsenal. Put your put the tough and stuff. <laughs> it's the, is the uh, subtitle that? Then chapter five is adventure calls, places to go, dungeons to delve into. Then next is dangers abound. Epic adventures require epic adversaries. And then finally, the last chapter: life is an adventure. Level up and look to the future. Didn't mention like the length of this book. It's 125 pages. This book, size-wise, is slightly bigger than the por- the places and portals. Mm-hmm. So when it sits on your shelf with that collection, this one stands out a little bit because it's a little taller okay. than the others. Um, and I, I didn't mention on the places and portals how long that is. And, and all of them are very similar in length. It, uh, places and portals is 103 pages long. So very accessible mm-hmm. for readers. And again, that's one of the reasons why I love picking those up sometimes is because they're not big, mm-hmm. <laughs> which sometimes you just need a small book. Yeah. But also, uh, again, the quick accessibility of things. And I, I was thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to read this cause I, I like this from, this is in places and portals. They say, you can read this guide from beginning to end in one sitting or open it up at any spot. See colorful illustration that catches your eye and plan a new trip from there. The more you read, the easier it is to craft your very own stories and exploration and adventure set into far-flung locations. So giving giving the reader permission. Mm-hmm. You don't have to read this cover to cover. Right. You can just open it up. And I love that it says, find a picture. Mm-hmm. Find a picture you like. 
even in character and quests, you get great art. Besides the headshots here on the very first page, it's 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 a uh, picture that reminds me of Salt Marsh. Yeah. There, uh, it's some adventurers on a rowboat, and there's a what do they call those big ships? The galleys, galleons. It could be a galleon. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, out there and waves crashing around it. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, if I picked this up, my character I'd make right away as a pirate. After seeing that picture, I'd be like, oh, a pirate nice. looks like it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. So anyway, a couple of really neat books that I think people would enjoy um, moving forward. But it'd be nice if we could talk to some of the authors about this at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might get that opportunity, perhaps. Yeah, see, be. folks, you couldn't see the the glint in his eye as he said that. But. Well, I, as a librarian, <laughs> I do like authors, and I just spent time at the conference and got to visit with many authors and uh, get signatures. And I just love picking the brains of authors. They are they are so cool, just because they can do something really well that I can't, and that is write and put words into sentences that make me want to keep reading. I can't do that. I can write in a journal, but I don't want to go back and read it. (laughs) I have no interest in reading my own writing. So, um, but no, these two books, Places and Portals, Characters and Quests, definitely worth looking at. They are on store shelves and on Amazon right now. Yeah. Did come out this month, but uh, but they are available. Get them for your kids. Christmas isn't that far away. Oh, yes. That's right. Just a couple months. A couple months. <laughs> All righty. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us today on Teachers in the Dungeon. If you've, if you've read these books or you have some of the Young Adventurers guides, we'd love to hear which ones yeah. are some of your favorites. It makes me want to pull out my other ones. Yeah. Uh, and kind of flip through those again. Um, but let us know what, what you think of these. And if you purchase one or you're a teacher and characters and quests caught your attention and uh, you end up purchasing it to kind of play with your students, let us know. Uh, how that worked out for you, and how you used the book. Well, Dan, the cat is about to slip. I forget what this is. It's Madam President. Madam President yes. is has done the old, like, rollover kind of on a shoulder with the head tucked under, <laughs> ready to take a afternoon nap. So I guess that's our cue to close down the dungeon for a little while. So Quietly. thanks for joining us. And Dan, thank you so much for your thoughts today. And until next time, keep rolling those 20s. See you, folks. Talk to you soon. That wraps up today's session. So thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website, and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.